I'm Andy. I'm one of the midwives with Holistic Heritage. And I'm Jay Lynn, the other half of Holistic Heritage. Sorry about my hair. My granddaughter said, hey, it looks great, Grandma. I think it looks good. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, we're a little fuzzy. I watched last week's Midwife Monday. Well, I listened to it on the ride home just to see how bad it got. We did get to the very end. I have to admit, that was me. That was me. Um, y'all, I look like trash panda. It was like eight bobby pins. Just <laughs> Have you seen that video where they trick the little kids and tell them it's their school teacher and then it's a Facebook live and yes. they're introducing them to the school teacher and it's really not their school teacher. It's like a crime photo of the worst Walmart person you've ever seen in life. And it's this lady, like Schlaw from Goonies. That's how I looked. <laughs> Don't just let me stroll around like that. Get on live video like that. Come on. Anyways, uh, comment. Comment moderation. That's it. Oh, there's a new setting on our thing. But it is. I we can. see people. Yeah. Hi. Just making sure. And my favorite blister's gone. Yay. Wow, chicka pom pom. We're going to talk about C-sections today. And we're going to try and keep it on the upside of it instead of the downside of it, I think. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Because um, really, even though C-sections are overused quite a bit, and um, when I say that, 33% is kind of high. But when you look at other countries like Brazil, they're like 90%. Your Asian countries are getting up to 90%. They're between 70 and 80%. Because they like to have babies on a certain day. Because the number's lucky. Um, so, I mean, around the world, they're really misused. And they're dangerous. They can be really dangerous surgeries. Mm -hmm. They're uh, legit surgery. It's a big yeah. deal. But because it happens every day all the time, it feels like it's not such a big deal. But it is. Yeah, it's a huge deal. Um, but there's also pretty good reasons for them. So we kind of wanted to cover um, that. Why, when is a good reason to get a C-section? Um it really in hopes that people that end up having C-sections can feel good about having their belly birth and not think, you know. Right. It's never um, a failure on anybody's no. part. And I I hate that that stigma even surrounds belly birth, that this is some kind of negative thing when you have a belly birth. No, this is a pause and be grateful for this scientific technology that we have. Right. Because, um, you know, there was a time that, you know, babies did get in a position they couldn't get out of or something was dangerous and both mother and babies died. Um, and though that wasn't often, but that's really what happened. And of course, many died while they perfected. Oh, the, the history of doing the history it was is, just horrific. But where we are today with it, they're, they can be an amazing tool and save lives um, all the way around. Absolutely. It's probably my favorite medical procedure. <laughs> <coughs> That's Use a lot correctly. for Jalen to say that. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't like it, most everything. <laughs> no, but it, it can actually, they're, they're really, I feel like hearing the birthing person's voice here lately. A lot of um, hospitals have really listened and they're trying to transition into a more sweeter, um, beautiful experience. You know, because it used to be really cold, really sterile, sheet up, um, kind of stark and yeah. dissociating. And now they've tried to move into, um, some hospitals are even letting you pull your own baby like up. Like if you were to have a vaginal birth, pull your own baby up or have a clear 
draped so that you can see um, letting people in. That used to didn't happen. So they really are transitioning into... Yeah, I think it really depends on where you go. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why, and maybe someone out there knows, or you know, but anesthesiologists have charge of the room, and they're the ones that get to say who comes and goes, which, why? Why is that? I mean, it's the physician doing the surgery, and the anesthesiologist is just in one little spot with his li all his little up tools by the head. up the by seat. the head, and that's it. So why is he in charge of the room? This is makes me curious <laughs> and I don't like it I wonder what the I, I would just theorize that the surgeon is taking care of the, the patient the patient like like what's happening what they're doing the operation where the anesthesiologist is actually watching the vitals keeping the person alive that's the anesthesiologist right. role so maybe it's their comfort level they don't want to mess with everyone else or a CYA thing yeah it's yeah. got to be a comfort thing, but I've seen, like I've seen C-sections that have the partner, a doula, a birth, they've even let birth photographers in, and the midwife. Like, I've seen up to four people. Yeah, it's just not common. It's not. It's not common. Well, and definitely not in COVID. I don't even think they're letting the partner in. Well, they did. We had a C-section this weekend. Huh. We had a transfer, um, and I actually think it was a really good reason for a C-section. Um, that baby got in a situation they couldn't get out of, funky position. And then what was really nice, and I'm going to give credit where credit due, the transfer was really beautiful. Oh, that's great. Um, I was able to call one of the midwives over at Willowbrook Methodist. She met us up at the hospital. Um, she facilitated that <coughs> transfer really beautiful. They let me, she got me into the triage room, so I got to be with them the whole time, helped the family make a decision. The doctor was really kind, that particular one. I don't know her name, though. Um, so that was really nice. And then Becky also went in to the surgery with the family. Um, they did let the husband in. Um, That's awesome. She, Becky also made sure that the baby got delayed cord clamping and got to see her mom. Thank dad, you, fellow midwives. Uh, Thank you. And the dad got to do skin to skin. So uh, baby ended up being in a really wonky position and had cord all around, like, like a backpack holding him in. He was having a little party in there. A little too much partying that baby was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but he was perfect. Six pounds, 12 ounce, beautiful little boy. But that's a good reason. It's a great reason. Right? A great reason is you want to. Yeah. Everyone has a right to choose the way they want their birth, and it's a beautiful thing that we have options. If you don't want a vaginal birth, say you have trauma. Say this is that's your comfort level a hospital is your comfort level and this is why you want to do it and you do want to have it you know scheduled and it right. works in your life i think it's a good reason if you want it um but i don't think it should just be offered without making sure that the woman and her family and the husband are really well informed of all of the consequences that can happen because um, there are a lot of risks right and so i don't know for you the risk the benefits may outweigh the risk but in general i don't know just for elective reasons if the benefits outweigh the risks right it would have to be a very personal decision yeah mm -hmm. super personal um so other good reasons are you have multiples more than two that might be an important reason to be in an operating room and have a C-section if you had like four, five, six babies. Yeah. 
Yeah. Although, have they ever tried vaginal deliveries of four or five sets babies? I have yeah. seen. I have seen one um, from a foreign country. It's on YouTube. I think it was either three or four. <clears throat> was it the triplets? Triplets do. Yeah. Kind of somewhat frequently. I think that should be offered. I think that should be an offered instead of now we're doing a C-section. Yeah. I think they just do it in the operating room. Right. Um, and then they're right there. Um, breach deliveries. I know we say that breach delivery is a variant of normal, and it is, and it used to be done a lot, and it's really a lost skill for a lot of doctors. Well, really most doctors, it's a lost skill. It's not being taught. Midwives are being taught, and they're doing them out of hospital, but there are more risks involved, and I think the medical community just decided that the risk didn't outweigh the benefit of a vaginal birth. I'm a I'm a vaginal breach baby. Came with my ass out. I'm still yeah. showing it. Yeah, and really, I think I would want to have a vaginal breach too. And I think everyone should be offered that option. But there are a little bit more risks in that birth. Did you know I can pop both my legs out of my pelvis? No, I did not. You want me to show you? Sure. Let's get it on <laughs> camera. <laughs> I can do that and pop them both out. Uh, I think it's for my birth, though. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense why else it wouldn't be. Um, other reasons. So your placenta mm -hmm. is supposed to make its campsite um, up at the top, on the back, or in the front. Down low is not the best place to be. Now, can it be down low a little bit smidged away from the cervix? Yeah, that's still pretty safe. But if it is a stinker and it sets up camp right over the cervix, can't have a vaginal birth. It's no. not safe. Can't, you can't even get a baby out. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And that's one of those situations where mom and babies would die. Yes. Right? And thank goodness there was a way to get them out. Right. So that's called a... Um, placenta previa. Placenta previa. Thank you. I had not found my words. So that's a really good reason to have one. Um, there's... Sometimes a baby <coughs> has certain issues that may not be safe for a vaginal birth. Yes. Um, so, um, there's many different things out there. I don't know if I can name a lot of them at the top of my head. Is gastroschisis one? Would they do a vaginal birth? So there's different ones where maybe there wasn't a complete closure. So there's organs out in the front of the back, um, right. or maybe some skull or skeletal issues where different organs wouldn't be safe if there was too much squeezing. So they'll do a belly birth for that. Right. Cause coming through that birth canal everything might not come out the way it should. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah. Um, some of the risks that we don't talk about, like uh, VBACs, we love VBACs. So that's a vaginal birth after cesarean. Right, and which should really be offered to everyone, ACOG agrees. Um, but some people are really afraid and don't want to. But if the placenta grows over that scar, um, it could be more dangerous. We don't like that. Um, what else? For VBACs, let's talk about a little bit about VBACs. Why, why you wouldn't want to have more surgeries? Right. So I actually just saw um, like a meme somebody had created about you know one to two to three to four all the way up to your fifth B, your fifth surgery, mm -hmm. and your risks just increase um, so drastically with each one. You actually have. Um, higher increased risk for bleeding, a higher increased risk for losing your uterus and other female organs, higher increased risk for your own. It's really, um, the surgery affects the mother more. Yes. Um, where a vaginal birth after cesarean, the risk is really to the baby, not the mom so much. 
Um, so that meme had, I wish I would have wrote the numbers down because it was a really beautiful well, meme. But VBAC Facts has a really good article on it. It may have even been yeah. VBAC Facts and they had it in a really concise thing. But um, your risks are actually very alarming with each C-section yeah. that you add and add and add and tack one, um, making it more dangerous, more dangerous. It's almost like the Jenga and you're like, I'm going to pull that block out. I'm going to pull that block out. And finally... You pull the block out and, and everything, falls, everything falls. Right. And that's when we're talking about doing the surgical births where the benefits and risks aren't balanced anymore. Really, it's more beneficial to try for that vaginal birth. Um, and if hospitals were more friendly, I think we'd have more of those because there's more risk to mom for bleeding. Um, I think you pointed this out once. 6% of all babies get cut in C-sections. Yeah, they have them like slice, slice. I'm like... Yeah. What the heck are we doing here? Yeah. So those are better reasons to really reduce your option. Our oh, infection yeah. rate with C-sections, you know, it used to be really bad. More than half of all birthers had um, some sort of infection in their bellies. Um, and now they just prophylactically give antibiotics to everybody, which they should because you're having a major surgery. Um, and it's de it's decreased a little bit, but we're still seeing lots and lots of infection and not necessarily in the hospital right then because you're getting those doses of antibiotics it's once you go home and then people think oh it's surgical pain it's this because they've never had a c-section so that they just feel like it's supposed to be that way right and they're really brewing this horrid uterine infection yeah and those are bad 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 news so, yeah, recovering from C-sections can be pretty easy, though, if you just follow the instructions. <laughs> the instructions are hard. I know. We laugh because we hardly ever follow instructions, but it's really better if you do. <laughs> For some people, it's easier. For some people, like we had we had yeah. time because you, um, you get medication, which if you ever really harmed yourself or had tooth pain, broke an arm, had a surgery, they're going to give you opioids, right? We're in this giant. If you haven't heard of the opioid crisis, look it up because it's a big deal. Um, they give you pain medication because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, if you've never seen a C-section, they literally, you know, they cut here. You can't see me, but I'm right doing this. The pubic. Oh. <laughs> um, and they pull all the ones I ever saw because I used to be a rotating nurse in the OR. They pull it out like Thanksgiving turkey. It actually looks like Thanksgiving turkey because it even has like the tubes, it looks like little arms, and it actually looks like a big fat butterball turkey. And they aren't tender, right. you know, right? They're really just doing their work. Um, I've seen them do it and pull from here, but I've also seen them actually pull the uterus out. I've never seen that. Oh, my gosh, in heaven. There was two doctors that used to do it like that. After the baby was out, they'd pull it back uh, out to look in and make sure. Have you seen uh, it too, yeah, Jackie? Yeah, I've seen them do that. Um, it's a turkey. Uh, turkey. <laughs> Have you ever seen that Family Feud where he answers turkey for all five things no. and he actually gets points? <laughs> Look it up. It's on YouTube. You're welcome. <laughs> I digress. You digress. Um, so, yeah, that, we wonder why we get infection. We pull the whole uterus out backwards, play with it. I hear you, Bronwyn. Um, but I just... And I know that's a valid reason. Broadman says one of the reasons she was a size three shoe and CPD is a cephalic pelvic disproportion, um, which I think is probably one of the common causes that are given to moms, but probably the biggest lie. Yeah, and cephalic pelvic proportion is cephalic pelvic. 
the head just doesn't want to come through the pelvis. Right. And not that it was for you, Bronwyn, but in general, um, a baby's head is soft and it's meant to mold to your body and our hips actually expand. So it's pretty rare unless you had hips that weren't going to expand. But it's pretty rare to see that. Now, sometimes babies get in a position where they can't enter the pelvis, and maybe it looks like that CPD. Um, or maybe they have a really short cord that won't bring them down into the pelvis. But it's probably one of the biggest lies I think women are told. It, there is too. one type of pelvis mm -hmm. that's a little stinker. Yeah. stinker pelvis. And a baby's not going to fit through that pelvis because it's more like, you know, you get your burger like this, and that's the way you want to eat a nice burger, but you are that's what the pelvis is. Um, and the baby's just not going to fit through that, right? What's it called? Plan uh, Android. Android. No, it's not the Android. Platypole. That's a male pelvis. No, it's That's, not Android. Yeah, but some females. Okay, pelvis. we'll figure yeah, it out. I can do that. 1%. Android pelvis is There's just one that's... No, it's stuck with the P. It's not platypoid? I think it is. Okay. Uh, I knew a word. Mm -hmm. Um... And but it's so I, I don't know the percentage. I know it's less than five percent. Right, less than five percent have that sort of pelvis. Um, and you may have that pelvis, but we have this special hormone called relaxin that allows things to pivot and move. And your pelvis changes through pregnancy and through life ever so slightly. So unless you had in-depth pelvimetry, pel pelvimetry. Um, which takes like 20 to 30 minutes, y'all. It's not like somebody put their fingers and went, oh, you can't have a baby. That's not pelvimetry. No. This is a, a really intense measurement thing of all these different lines and diagonals. Um, not a really quick 30 second, oh, this is a tight pelvis. That's right. nonsense. Don't listen to that. Right. because And you know, when I think about that, when they're saying, oh, well, because a lot of women are told when they're really tiny, oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to C-section. That baby's never going to fit. Look, through hundreds of evolution and time, tiny people have been having babies. It's doesn't make sense that, oh, you're too small. You can't have a vaginal birth. It's not like we're doing any kind of special breeding like they do on your favorite dog, right? You know what I'm talking about? The French bulldogs, they can't deliver vaginally and they can't swim right because they've been bred a certain way that their heads are so big so poor puppies i don't like that <laughs> i don't like it either but they're awful cute they are cute so i think it's one of the lies that we're told is that oh your baby will never fit you're too small we had last year someone who was 411 have a 10 pound baby in rocket yeah and I've had lots of really small women who have great births. Um, they tend to have smaller babies, uh, as you expect. Yeah, I'm not convinced that your height has anything to do with mm -hmm. the shape of your pelvis. No, I don't think so either. And I think um, when it comes to that, it's more the position of your baby. If you're really small and your baby's in a funky position, then that might be too difficult to happen. But if your baby's in a good position, then there's no reason. One time I went to a friend's birth, and her, and she's small. Um, I don't even, oh, she's probably five foot, um, but she's pretty small and her husband's pretty big. He's like six something and he had like clawed hopper feet and they were already mad that I was the doula and I came in. So he was mad about that and he walked in and he looked at my friend's husband's foot and said, your foot's too big. This is never coming out of her vagina. Like, did you just shake that straight from your inner ass? Like you yeah. legit just made that up. That is not a thing. 
Yeah, and I and I really don't like it when physicians put those thoughts in your head about, oh yeah, we'll just prepare for a C-section for you. I mean, I've heard that story many of times. I'm so bra I'm so sorry, Bronwyn. We hear you. There's lots of reasons why um, sometimes labor doesn't go the way we want it to go, um, but typically it's not one thing. Yeah, but in your circumstance, if that was the deal, baby just was not coming. This is why we're saying we are so grateful for, for delivers. Yes, so absolutely. Great, so grateful for you and your baby. And everyone's good. Um, I think that was all. Oh, she feels robs. Yeah, yeah, we hear that a lot. There's a great book. Um, remember that book? And um, if you're still dealing with kind of um, unpacking the trauma of mourning, what you had planned, kind of unraveling and going into something that wasn't what you planned it's called like um recovering from a plan something birth member it's a black book i think it's on you i'll put i'll post it later i'll post a picture of it with the name of it and it's more of a workbook so that you really can unpack the things you don't even know that are bothering you and then release them right yeah some of the things that i find sometimes really sad is like um you're mourning that you're mourning your birth that you didn't get the outcome you want, and everyone's just telling you, "Oh, well, you and the baby are safe." Of course, you're happy that you and your baby are safe and alive and well, but it's okay to mourn what you didn't get as well. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, you're not hanging on to it for years and years, right? That you can acknowledge that that happened, be helpful to other people, and move on, and it doesn't hold you back. But it is it is a sadness that you didn't get what you wanted. Well, birth's a big deal for everybody. If mm -hmm. you ask anybody whether they're 24 and just had a baby or they're 124, they can tell you every detail of everything yeah. that happened at their birth. So it's a it's a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal. We hear you. We do. Is that it? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I think so. I behaved today. I did say inner ass. I did say they pulled it from their inner ass. But that wasn't that bad. <laughs> Um, so if you've had a cesarean, just embrace it. Sometimes there's really great reasons. It's not always anyone's fault. And, and as much as we like to pick on doctors, um, sometimes it's not their fault either. Right. A lot of times it is. Right at the end. Right at the end. Just a little. But anyways, thank you to Becky McKimmon for helping us out this weekend. We really appreciate all your support. Hey, they told me Alex measured yeah. too big, and I didn't know any better. We've and, talked about that a lot, Kim. I know that's yeah. a struggle. Yeah, that's really upsetting. And that's no, what's one of the reasons, just as to, to say one of the reasons doctors give to do a C-section is, oh, your baby's too big. Um, Y'all, research says that ultrasounds can be off by two pounds. Um, give it a go. In either direction. In either direction. Really, you're the best indicator. Better than an ultrasound, better than a mid. And our hands are pretty doggone mm -hmm. good at feeling like, oh, this is the whatever pound baby. Um, you know better than anybody else what yeah. size your baby is. Is it bigger than the last one? Does it feel the same? Yeah. And I don't care what size they tell you your baby is. I think if you want to go and have an vaginal delivery, you should go for it. I mean, what's the worst going to happen? You don't. You end up in a C-section anyways, but you should at least be allowed to labor and go for it. Yeah. We hear you, Ashley. I just saw a really pretty, maybe it was on like Badass Birther or something. You may have seen it. It was on one of my like hippie birthing Facebook pages. And somebody had had a rebirth ceremony. Did you see it? It was a whole, a whole bunch of photographs. <sighs> but they had like 
blown up the pool. They did the whole water birth over again. Her other son got in. The baby was already like two or three weeks old, but, you know, safely blew in the baby's face and actually had him emerge from the water, had somebody crochet Aww. a placenta with a cord, they cut the cord, birthed the placenta, had it in the pot, did the herbal, I'm like from beginning to end. And just those little things of like, I never got to get in the tub. I never got to have my herbal bath. We didn't get to cut the cord. Um, they didn't explain the placenta to me. They All those little tiny things that you were kind of fantasizing about. Um, so if you're still having those moments, you can look into doing a rebirthing. You don't have to have anybody do it for you. There, You can do it. You can yeah. do it all by yourself with just you and your baby. Just recreate it and tell the story the way it would have been and release it. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful idea. We did it one time, remember? Yeah. We read poetry over her and stuff. It was yeah. kind of that. That might have been the first day you're like, "What the hell?" No, it was really good. Andy's look. <laughs> I'm sure that was the first too? day. No, the first day was she just meets us. Her first day at the office, and uh, one of the girls that used to work at the office, Andy says, "You have great boobs." They, you know why? <laughs> they never met. But they were comment, you have great boobs. Because it was, I have brain <laughs> word diarrhea. If it pops in my head and I don't say it, it actually pains me. <laughs> I cannot move forward. And you know when you're riding in a car on a bumpy road and some people just have like fried egg on a nail. It's not cute. It's kind of like wrinkly at the top. Her stuff was plump, like Scarlett Johansson and the other bowling girl. <gasps> she has nice boobs. Like plump right here, like renaissance. And it was just bouncing ever so slightly. And I was like, damn. <laughs> and I only like, did mine just do it? <laughs> you've been flapping to the camera the whole time. Have every, I? Every time you bend over, you're like, for you. <laughs> for you. <laughs> I did. I told her. Yeah, she did. That was the first day we met. And that's the day she fell in love with me. 